back with Dr. Brooke Bauer, the assistant professor at USC Lancaster and the citizen of the Catawba Nation as we talk about the Catawba Indians and their role in the, the founding of our nation and the fight for liberty. So welcome back. Thank you. It's great to be here. How do you get into the nation, the Catawba Nation? Today? or Well, back then. Back then. Because my understanding is... You were uh, born into it or you were adopted? So you could be adopted. You could have been adopted. So I know I know that uh, some traders came into the Catawba Nation and then had some wives out of the Catawba Nation mm -hmm. and then had children out of that and right. and but they were all accepted into the Catawba Nation. So at that time, because Catawba uh, was a matrilineal society, you could only be Catawba through your Catawba mother. Catawba uh, fathers they mattered but you did not trace your lineage, your Catawba identity, through your Catawba father. So therefore, if the mother laid down with a, with a traitor, a, a white traitor, right? Mm -hmm. that, the traitor didn't have anything to do with anything. I mean, no. in the whole, in, from, from the standpoint of whether, you know, he was a Indian or not, right? No. So, I mean, he was, he was kind of like, he wasn't even a part of the Catawba at that point. Well, or it could, depended. could he be a top? It depended. It like, uh, for example, Matthew Toole, he was an interpreter and a trader for the Catawbas. And um, he married King Hagler's daughter. Not in the Christian way, but in the Indian Oh, well, way. you've got to explain that. <laughs> well, you, got basically, all, you got me all interested in this. <laughs> basically, once you spend the night together, you're married. Oh, this is like common law. Yeah, very much <laughs> like common law. <laughs> so um, okay. Matthew Toole was with King Hagler's daughter, and we don't know her name because it's not in the record. Their daughter is Sally New River, and she became a very important woman, well-respected and honored woman among the Catawbas. Matthew Toole, the, King Hagler gave him a piece of land somewhere along or near Fishing Creek. There's also a creek named after him that flows from York to Chester County. It's called Toole's Fork. So he, was, he wasn't adopted into the tribe, but he was an, uh, an important part of the tribe as an interpreter, um, as a trader. He rode with the Catawba warriors when they went against the Cherokees. Um, so he was as close to a member of the tribe as he could possibly, possibly get at the time. It sounds like when you were talking in the previous episode and you were talking about uh, playing off one colony against the other as they tried to vie for some sort of status. Um, you were talking about they were playing off South Carolina and North Carolina against Virginia at one point. There, there's some serious diplomacy going on in there, there right? Is. I mean, there had to be some hierarchy of diplomats within the Catawba Nation. Yes. And, uh, and these interpreters would help them with that. Right. Uh, and, and there had to be some cerebral work within that to, to stay above the fray because the Catawba, the Catawba Nation actually survived when others failed. Right. I mean, and Matthew Toole's Catawba wife, 
she would have taught him all about Catawba culture, what to do, what not to do, um, so he wouldn't go against, you know, the rules of Catawba culture. Uh, she would have taught him the language. So she was kind of like that mediator between the Catawba world and Tool's world. So uh, you've mentioned the last episode, and you mentioned again here, King Hagler. He's got to have some significance. It, he does have enormous significance. He is one of the Catawba's most well-known diplomats. He gave a prohibition speech to the North Carolina governor before prohibition was even thought of. Really? Um, he went and spoke to the North Carolina governor in front of the assembly and asked of him to quit sending alcohol down into the nation, the Catawba nation. He said, it's no good for my people. All it does is make them fight, and we just don't want it. And he's there are a couple of other uh, leaders, native leaders, that gave a similar speech, um, but I think Hagler was the first one. I see. Hagler was also the one that, when the agent from North Carolina brought, was supposed to bring uh, a cow to the reservation to feed the Catawbas. He brought a bull instead. Well, Hagler took that bull and he marched it right back up to North Carolina into the courthouse and said, hey, listen, we can't eat this. Your agent has jipped us off. Where was the courthouse at that point? In Rowan County. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, he, uh. I've heard some stories. He's depicted on the weather vane in Camden. Yes. He has a statue of him in Camden. Yes. In the In the center park down there. Fort My, Mill. I'm sorry? Fort Mill has a statue of him. Fort Mill has a statue of him. Mm -hmm. Fort Mill was founded as a result of him mm -hmm. giving the land to Spratt. Yeah. Spratt's family fought in the Revolution and then, uh, was it Senator Sp or Representative Spratt? for years was representative from this area, mm -hmm. right? Correct. And uh, So that family continued on. Uh, the, the Spratt family was held in high regard in, in, in the community here. What years did, when you say King Hagler, and you, you started it out by saying he was a, a well-known diplomat. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think that maybe King may be a label that was put on by the Europeans as yeah. opposed to the Catawba nation. It, it probably was a term or a label put on by the Europeans um, because even before Hagler, a lot of the leaders were called, um, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Iraq de Swan. Say it one more time. Iraq de Swan, um, which means big man. And Hagler came in as leader sometime around 1750. And what happened was the main leaders of the tribe had gone down to Charleston and they were coming back. They all got sick and they all died. And Hagler 
was the only one. He had stayed back at the nation, and he was the only one who had survived. Not the only man, but the only leader. Um, and that's how he came into the position that he was in. So would these be leaders out of each individual hamlet that yeah. you were talking about? It would yeah. be it would be one person representing that particular hamlet, mm -hmm. and then all of them went down there except for him. Right. And they all died. Yeah. As a result of disease. Right. Wow. Yeah. And so he was leader at least from 1750 to 1763 when he was murdered by either Seneca or Shawnee. Yeah. That I've, he I've seen heard. both of those okay. names. Okay, all right, all right. Um, where, did they, where did they murder him at? It's on Highway 5 across the Catawba River into Lancaster County. There's a plaque, a historical plaque, that talks about his murder. My understanding is, at least from what I read, was it was a very high honor, or whoever murdered him came back with a lot of uh, status. Oh, yeah. That was a big deal for a warrior if they were able to, you know, murder a leader um, or even kill a war another warrior, an enemy warrior. I read that the, the Catawba were held in very high esteem as warriors. Mm-hmm. So much so that the Cherokee actually petitioned the colonial government to make them stop, <laughs> or something along those lines. Am I am I misreading that, or did I hear that? Well, the Catawbas were very um, skillful warriors. They were cunning, um, and a large part of that skill and cunning, cunning came from the fact that they had so many enemies that they were constantly having to defend themselves even against the Cherokee. They were tactically aware all the time. They were. They were like in this siege mentality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. constantly and waiting for the next enemy to jump them. And you know native people didn't live in isolation at this time. They're traveling across other um, tribal boundaries, maybe going into enemy lands, and that puts them at risk. So that runs counter to what I felt like you just said, where they had these hamlets, these six little hamlets or no, six when, little towns. No, uh, what I mean is when they're traveling, like if they go to Williamsburg. Okay, all right. They're traveling you. from this area in South Carolina up to the Williamsburg area. I got you. They do go into other tribal boundaries. And some of those boundaries, they may not be friends with the people who live there. And when they're going to war against the Iroquois, they're going a long distance by foot up towards New York. And that war, the Catawba Iroquois War, lasted a very, very long time, several decades. I mean, that's something I think about when I think about these intertribal wars, that how these men had to travel great distances by foot. So they weren't on horses, they weren't horsemen? Typically not. Because I always wondered, how do the Catawba keep up with the Patriot militia? 
Well now by that time they did have some horses. They don't have a lot of horses in one town. They maybe had one wagon right. um, and they all shared it. But yeah, when especially when the Catawba warriors go with um, Colonel Williamson right. to attack the Cherokee, the Catawbas are both on foot and on horseback. But it would have been the high ranking leaders that would have been on, on horseback because Catawbas acted as scouts. Okay. And the horse, when it's tromping through the forest, it makes a lot of noise. So, as scouts, they would go by foot. So, uh, what were their weapons of choice? At this time, they had they had muskets. They had muskets. They had muskets. They would have also used um, the war club. Okay. They would have had uh, some type of knife. Okay. Spears. Spears, arrows. Okay. Um, they would have had different types of weaponry. We've had a lot of listeners from California and Washington State and Arizona and Illinois. A lot of Illinois people here lately talking about scalping. Did they scalp? I can't say they didn't. Um, there are graphic descriptions of the Cherokee campaign that Catawbas were involved in. And by graphic, I mean how they killed the Cherokee. Where would someone find those graphic descriptions? Uh, one of them is in the uh, Journal of Cherokee Studies, and I think the State Archives has a copy of this journal. You may be able to find it online by now, I don't know. Um, but as the Catawbas come into one of the Cherokee lower towns, they attack a Cherokee, this Catawba warrior attacks a Cherokee uh, rams a stick down that Cherokee's throat. That's pretty graphic. That's that's very graphic. Right. I mean, it's not something I want to be present at. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's ferocious. Hand-to-hand -hand combat, you, that's yeah. tough. That's yeah. a kill-or-be-killed type of thing. And Catawba's, the fighters were also known for stretching cowhides between trees so that when the cavalry came through, those cowhides are sitting low to the ground, not on the ground, but low enough to trip up the horses. Uh, and they dug pits in which they placed the arrows pointing upwards. Like punji sticks yeah. in Vietnam. Yeah. They, they definitely were uh, great warriors. Yes, they were. And, I uh, mean, even the Iroquois are known at the time, they were known for saying that even after they died, their very bones shall fight. That's a pretty awesome visual. That is, uh, that's something to be proud of right yeah. there, right? Yeah, it I is. I mean, it, it talk about um, uh, getting your young men to, to be proud of who they are. Mm -hmm. that, that is, when, other, when your enemies are saying that about you. Oh, yeah. That's, now, the airports also point. said very derogatory things about uh, well, Catawbas. Well, you got to do that. But yeah, it went yeah. both ways. Sure. I mean, they're enemies. That's right. Now we've moved up into where King Hagler is being killed by the Shawnee or the Seneca. Who takes this place? At this time, a, this is 1756. 1763. This is after King Hagler's son dies uh, up at uh, Fort Duquesne. Fort Duquesne. Then Hagler is killed. 
The Catawba Nation is in need of a leader. Who is that leader? So that is Colonel Ayers. Colonel Ayers. Colonel Ayers. He may have gone by Ears under the English pronunciation. Is this an actual Catawba name? Or is it a uh, a trader who married in and they took the trader's name or, or whatever? Well, the, the common thought is that um, this colonel, his name was, he actually used ears to identify himself. And when the colonists started using it, they just transformed it to heirs. Um, and it may be that's how phonetically it sounded. Um, but Ayers is still a common surname among Catawbas. So Colonel Ayers took the leadership role in 1763, immediately after Hagler had been killed. And that November, he and about 80 Catawbas went to Augusta for the Congress of Augusta that a a peace treaty, a land session treaty that was going on between um, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia with the Chickasaws, the Choctaws, the Creek, the Cherokee, and Catawba. Um, This is put on by the British agent? I think it was mostly done through the South Carolina governor. Okay, all right, fair enough. Because originally they had planned to have the meeting at Charleston. And so this is after the proclamation of 1763 has been issued, where it draws a line down the Appalachian Mountains that settlers can't go west of that line. Um, And so these governors are meeting with those different tribes in Augusta and Colonel Ayers went down. He was the only leader from Catawba that went down there. He had, you know, several families with him. But he agreed to a 15-mile square surveyed tract of land for Catawbas, which is that little box that you see on a lot of maps post-1763. Um, like that Muzan map. Uh, that's that square is there yes when yeah. you look at it at the top it looks like a diamond but it's really just a square right, right. right there it takes up most of rock hill yeah it does and it comes a little bit onto the lancaster county side um colonel Ayers wasn't in leadership role for very long after that i would imagine they were upset at him yeah because it wasn't a decision made on consensus and that's how Catawba tribal government worked was based on consensus. He was given presents, money and presents by the governors for agreeing to this land session and um, he spent everything before he even got back to Catawba. So that's another strike against him because he's supposed to hold on to all that until he gets back to the Catawba Nation and disperse all that equally among Catawba citizens. And he didn't do that. Well, what a fascinating story. Let's end end that chapter. We'll go on with our next episode. The American Revolution. The American Revolution.